Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. When women lead, share performance and profits go up 50%. Results are more powerful when everyone is empowered. This is the insight that brought the four founders of Beyond Barriers together. We came from a diverse set of leadership backgrounds with a common goal to close the gender gap at work and expand economic opportunities for everyone. Tune in each week as one of us interviews inspiring guests who share stories and cutting edge strategies that will help you learn what helped them go further faster. I'm Monica, your host for today's episode. Jennifer Brown's path in life unexpectedly changed early on. She thought she would find her fulfillment as an opera singer, but fate had other plans. After experiencing issues with her singing voice, she now helps everyone around her find their own unique voices in work and life. This podcast is jam-packed with insights about thriving in today's workplace. As an expert in diversity, equity, and inclusion, Jennifer shares with us how she finds motivation and creates communities of inclusion. She thinks it's important that you let your voice be heard and find out what you're a leader in. Jennifer gives us great tips on developing your own personal brand and standing up in your power. She talks to us about how she connects talent with companies and gives back to her community through education. She doesn't really believe in gurus because she feels there is wisdom in all of us. Join us as we learn so much more from Jennifer. Visit GoBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Jennifer. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much for joining us on the Beyond Barriers podcast. I am thrilled to have you here. Um, you know, I think we've been in the same DEI circle space for decades now, but because um, we all we both started when we were five years old. Um, but but um, I'm thrilled to have you here and talk about your new book, all of the things that you are working on, and you know, just to talk a little bit. Um, about your journey. And I want this to be a little different because every time, you know, you are on all these podcasts, you get interviewed by all the big, you know, TV um, groups that are asking you about how do we influence and change diversity and inclusion? How do we make people more inclusive? And you always have phenomenal expertise that you're sharing, but also you have your own journey and, Mm -hmm. you know, the ups and downs and you kind of having to kind of fight your own battles, um, you know, and the systemic barriers and whatnot. So we're going to talk about both. Um, and, and so to start off, let's just talk a little bit about your story, what you've learned along your journey, and maybe some of the key lessons that you've learned um, and how you got here today. Mm, how I got here. Oh, my goodness. Ah, well, I have like the story I always tell right of Mm -hmm. having been an opera singer actually Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. having lost my voice as a singer and having to um try to rehab it and get surgery and all that kind of stuff but not really being ultimately able to use it in a musical sense Mm -hmm. and at the same time kind of recognizing how much growing up in the performing arts influenced what i do today Mm -hmm. unbeknownst to me at that young age when I felt like my hopes and dreams were being shattered right. um, and that I had to walk away from something that I loved so much and and still honestly brings me a fair amount of pain. I have to sort of avoid thinking about what could have been. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me. Um, mm-hmm. However, I love what I do now and I feel that it sort of found me and it rescued me in a way, you know, discovering the whole topic of like leadership and specifically training. I found myself in a in an HR graduate program as I was reinventing myself out of music mm-hmm. 
and um, found myself on a stage in a way, like facilitating mm-hmm. groups. And it felt it drew on the same thing that mm-hmm. I loved about the other stage, mm-hmm. right? The connection with audience, the improvisational element of taking a group from point A to point B and learning that there was a craft to Mm -hmm. this, which is, I mean, I had an entire semester on facilitation skills. Yes. And I felt like my head exploded and my heart exploded. Like I, I just loved it. I loved, it was such a perfect role for me because I love to listen Mm -hmm. and I love to elicit thoughts and ideas and shares from people who are learning. Mm -hmm. I love to learn with people. Um, I love to be a learner in that context, even though perhaps mm-hmm. I am facilitating. And um, and it's something that I could do without, at that point, without a lot of expertise, which is really interesting because facilitation is an art. Mm-hmm. It's an art that you can actually practice and, and do without expertise in domain um, knowledge. Right. Mm-hmm. Because what it is, is it's pulling the, the wisdom and, and experience from the people in the room and, and connecting the dots and making you know, sort of, it's like jujitsu, sort of receiving something and turning turning it around and like putting it back. Yes. And this was something I ended up like being really good at loving, like was such a fit for what I do. And I still, it's funny as a keynoter now, I sort of push out a lot of information. It's a lot of like me to others. Mm -hmm. And now when you start to write books, people want to know what you think, think, think like all day long. Mm -hmm. But honestly, my favorite moments are the fireside chats, the sort of group dialogue, the me getting to pause in my keynote and ask for reflections, Mm -hmm. and then to be able to react to those in the moment unpredictably, you know, like just Mm -hmm. being very, very present and also sensing what a group needs and sensing where a group is in its learning journey. And then also sensing you always have to realize like everyone's at a different place. So the, the beautiful art of facilitation is, is holding all of that. Mm-hmm. And somehow, but having now I have that domain expertise and I sort of know where I want to go, mm-hmm. but massaging the situation, you know, steering it, nudging it, right? Gently, right. Mm-hmm. gently, but enabling so much agency on the part of the learners that I'm working with so that they feel it's there, so that they feel bought in, so that they feel involved. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we adults learn differently than kids is one thing I would learn in my program yes. that we we have to be able to connect concepts to our lived experience. Mm-hmm. So, and so I love, I liked that too, because, um, you know, it's been true for me as well. Like yeah. I've, been, <laughs> I've been sitting in that room, like learning and taking it in and, and witnessing amazing and talented facilitators, you know, and I've had the pleasure of, of watching how that happens, but it is truly an art. So it's kind of ironic that uh, I would end up on the edge of the stage myself you know, and sometimes I even feel separated from my audience. And I always am trying to like break through that barrier because while I can be on that big stage, it feels far away from mm-hmm. people where I really just want to be connected with people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's amazing. And I remember the first time I heard you share that story, I was like, oh my God. And I knew we'd be instant best friends because <laughs> same thing. Like I, my wow. first two years in college, I was on a vocal performance, you know, scholarship and, oh. and, you know, the whole opera thing too. And then realizing I too fell into this place of, you know, facilitating and, and doing that. And I felt like this is like a stage and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, also evoking emotion out of people and getting them to kind of like the whole emotional intelligence and taking them from point A to, and it's like, it is a performance. And so it was it a is. little bit of that of, of, <laughs> of doing it. So I remember hearing oh. that story. 
and thinking, oh my God, like we have parallel lives. This is amazing. And, and so since then had always been following you and just, you know, just, you know, really kind of taking in even, you know, your books like are so informative, but what I was so easy was to take your, you know, the, the expertise you were sharing in your book and helping others, like almost in, in like layman's terms of helping them understand what it meant to be, you know, an inclusive leader, you know, and I really loved your first, the, the book, The Will to Change, right? Of like getting them like, it's all about you. You have to be ready to change. Like you said, everybody is on their own journey. You meet them where they're at, but that will to change. And so, and then just like your podcast, right? So tell me a little bit more about that. Like you, you know, you found that, you know, this, this, this newfound love of yours, you, you pivoted because you had to. But then how did you gain clarity on really kind of becoming this subject matter expert in this, the DEI space? Like where, how did that kind of come into play for you? And how did you then realize I'm going to double down on this? Mm, I did. I doubled down many years ago. Um, yes. <laughs> perhaps to my detriment. I'm not sure because I, I'm not sure the world and our clients specifically are, we're ready mm-hmm. to to fork over for that and make that investment, right? It's been it's been hard um, to be in the space as long as I have. Um, mm-hmm. We're only just now, I think, able to really have the impact and and grow in the way that we deserve, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just not us at JBC, but but the whole field. Mm-hmm. But um, how it all started was I was on this tiny little board. Uh, volunteer board in New York for Out and Equal, which you know, mm, right? Yes. Which is the mm-hmm. LGBT advocacy organization that's been around for 25 years, probably more. Mm-hmm. And this was 20, this was more than 20 years ago. And I I met and worked with on that board, a bunch of professionals who were in corporate roles who were the first LGBTQ people. And we didn't mm-hmm. even say Q back there, back then. Right. In fact, yeah, I, remember. I, remember this, <laughs> yeah. I remember the switch from GLBT to yeah. LGBT. Mm-hmm. Right. And that yeah. was the the movement's like first like baby step to being more inclusive mm-hmm. of yeah of of women of all identities. Yes. So, and that 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 challenge persists. But anyway, mm-hmm. um so uh I was was at this sort of ground level with these amazing advocates, each in our own respective large company. And mm-hmm. um kind of tilting at the windmills, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to educate our companies about how to welcome us more, how to market more respect- respectfully and more accurately right. to the community and sort of get those, get that buying power, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is now, by the way, I think a trillion dollars or something. I know. It's phenomenal. Well, yes. Yeah. So back then the numbers were still staggering, but today they're even more. And um, and I was this baby, like newly minted, HR person, you know, mm-hmm. with big dreams of, I don't, I didn't even know. I probably thought I would be a corporate person, um, mm-hmm. maybe a head of learning and development or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and LG, being LGBT and working in the advocacy space for domestic partner benefits and all these other policy yes. changes that we were weighing in on, uh, companies were really listening to us. And mm-hmm. I watched my colleagues do this and, bravely in their organizations, being the first, being the only, mm-hmm. um, really going to the mat. And I was so inspired. And I also came to understand how organizations change through kind of that good pressure mm-hmm. and that um, that expertise from a community. And we were being listened to, you know, we were having yeah. that influence. And I was, um, so my very first sort of little baby consultant 
you know, dollars. Uh-huh. When I finally went out on my own, I mm-hmm. said, let me, let me do some strategy work for LGBT ERGs. And that was back mm-hmm. then, um, you know, trying to get a couple clients um, that would entrust me with like their strategic planning offsite. And right. I didn't, honestly, I, I didn't even know what I would teach. Uh, however, having come from a learning and development and organizational development background and facilitation and all that, yeah. mm-hmm. I sort of, I knew I was like, okay, so let's set some goals out. Let's like take this group through this process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, that was just really so thrilling. And mm-hmm. so then I would, I would start Jennifer Brown Consulting, but we were not DEI. We were really team building and uh, leadership mm-hmm. and coaching. Uh, and that's right. where I thought I was going to be. And then I thought my LGBT identity was off to the side and it would never kind of conjoin. Right. Then as I came to understand that there's a whole field, albeit small and niche for uh, the DEI. And there were such a thing as chief diversity officers, which is what they were called back then. Yeah. And then, um, and then I started to get to know them. They started to trust me with more opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I also, um, I was not the expert of course in DEI. So I hired, what I was really good at is pulling, I think clients to us, like, Mm -hmm getting people to say, to trust us for uh, as partners in the work. Mm-hmm. And then what I did is looked around and really, um, I tried to partner and bring into my organization as contractors, some amazing DEI, like trainer facilitators, like people yes. who've been in classroom after classroom after classroom and just um, sell them in. And mm-hmm. so for many years, I was not at all the expert and I never would have said I was, but what mm-hmm. I could do is like build the house and make sure that the plumbing is working, right? And make right. sure the lights are on and, mm-hmm. you know, and make sure I could somehow connect this wonderful talent to the companies that needed it right. and then kind of just watch it and, and, and percolate on it myself and, and really build my expertise and move eventually from the kind of back Mm-hmm. to the front, begin to write books, begin to keynote, begin to kind of like assume that position of someone who is asked you right. know, what I think and what I believe and what I foresee. But I I didn't start that way. I did not, you know, I didn't sort of announce to the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> but, but I did know, I did know how to market things. I did know how to, how to, for sure, how to consult and look at things from a leadership perspective too. I think that mm-hmm. we we're such a leadership firm. And at the end of the day, I have an incredible group of not just DEI experts, but facilitators. Right. Yes. So we, what I love most about our team is, is that the discipline we, a lot, we share is organizational change, you know, is yes. the conversation about why the will to change, like why do people listen to something? Why do they take it in? Why do they take it on board? How does it move from the head to the heart to the hands? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we, how do we generate motivation mm-hmm. to not just change the system around us, but change ourselves so that we can change the system more effectively? Right. Mm-hmm. So I think we're all we all kind of share that. And honestly, people think DEI is a discipline, but it's a discipline of disciplines. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, I I think that's what's so wonderful about it, but also makes mm-hmm. it really hard to teach and you know certify people in because what is it? You know, it yeah. is a combo of. So that's why I love it. It's so many. It's so interdisciplinary. It, mm-hmm. You've got to understand so many different things about human behavior and psychology and design and mm-hmm. um, building trust. Um, you cannot 
you cannot sell it in the same way that you might sell other things. Like right. it's very trust based. It's very relationship based. Mm-hmm. Um, I also put so much into the community. I put and I continue to invest mm-hmm. heavily um, to give back. You know, all my community calls, all of our many of our webinars. We don't charge for a lot of stuff we do. Almost any of the stuff we do, mm-hmm. like on the education side, and. Um, but I was always writing papers. I was always trying to say like, hey, let's be better. Like how, yes. what is my vision for the missing pieces or in terms of how we think about structure, how we, how we help our clients collectively mm-hmm. get their heads and hearts around this so that they can help us help them, mm-hmm. you know? And so I was always pouring into that and I using my own money to do that and my own time. And I just, you know, I, it's, look, it's, it's it's trying to solve for the pain that I had yes, you know, as exactly. somebody who was like, who am I? Who are my role models? Where am I going? Like, what can I be in mm-hmm. the world? I don't see anybody that, you know, shares my story or is out about it, um, you know, and I know how many of us are hiding in the workplace with really painful consequences and yes. and so much lost opportunity. So to me, it was always like there was like this fire to... Mm-hmm do whatever I can. And then I had to figure out how to build a business that could be, could grow, could be profitable, could mm-hmm. make me happy, you know, could yes. make me proud. Exactly. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's sort of all those, all those things going on. <laughs> I love it. I love that. And, and I, you know, exactly, I feel exactly, you know, you're passionate about it and, you know, and I do believe in you. It's just like, sometimes you're like, I'm not in the business of motivation, but how do I tap into someone's intrinsic motivation? How do I yes. get them to want to change and be that inclusive leader? Um, and like you said, there's so much psychology in trying to get them to understand like, what is going to make make the that eyebrow kind of like, oh, wait a minute. Like, you know, there is a business case to this. It's not just a touchy feely thing. Um, so more power to it. I mean, I've seen so much of how you've really driven and changed, you know, and seen this organizational change happen, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and even in the organizations I was where, you know, we engaged you or really leveraged some of the resources that you provided of, you know, getting and starting to see that needle, you know, move. And it's just like, we're going to celebrate every single notch that we can get that thing to, to oh, shift. That's for um, sure. <laughs> It's slow. So, I mean, I think it's phenomenal. And I, I, you know, you're, I've always, you know, just been enamored by the way that, you know, you were bringing in all of the experts. And I think watching you do that was one of those things that helped me realize that like, oh my God, I don't have to figure this out all by myself. Like, or I don't have to be the, be the sole expert. Like, let me go bring in all of those. Like it was that light bulb moment of hearing you, uh, you I can't remember you were speaking, um, somewhere. And you mentioned that, how you were bringing in, you know, just the best of the best from everywhere who people have been in the trenches and then being able to kind of cascade that and scale that outwards. And I'm like, that was like, for me, kind of a light bulb moment. Mm. I want to- The other trick, just to elaborate on that is, um, it's interesting to build up the amazingness of our team and then also to build my own voice and thought Mm -hmm. leadership Like to have to be able to have both of that and also to know I'm just one of many, not many, but one Mm -hmm. of a handful of people on my team who solve problems differently, who bring different lived experiences, who whose lenses are going to be different and diverse in every way. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so cool to work in that way. I mean, I feel like I am so fortunate 
Um, but it took many years. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think to find my voice and feel that I could even stand alongside some people who, mm-hmm. um, who just were such authorities and, and who would be willing to do work with us. Like, yes, because that's a big piece too. I mean, a lot of people on our team over the many years have gone on to, you know, be the thought leader and write books. Mm-hmm. And, and there's others who are those things, but appreciate working in a team environment, you know, yes. and really, and maybe don't want to be the salesperson, don't want to be doing, be doing business development, don't want to mm-hmm. be paying for all the things that we have to pay as a company to support the, the right. doing of the work. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it's really, it's an interesting model. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't put any pressure on any of our team to bring in the work. Mm-hmm. And that's also very unusual. Um, you know, many times yeah. senior people on a team who are delivering work are mm-hmm. also responsible for goals. And we don't, we don't even do that yeah. because we have such a strong brand that it, it sort of now is running on its own. Like, Mm-hmm. And, I, and we, our marketing team is so incredible. So we just sort of keep putting like logs on the fire. Yeah, exactly. That, and then we, the work kind of accrues to all of us. And so I love being able to have each of us playing to our strengths and not having to put anyone in a position to do, to do work that they don't like or don't want to do or find mm-hmm. burdensome when it's work that we're good at and I might enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Like it's the way that we support each other. And mm-hmm. again, it's like that diversity of, uh, of that, those strengths, right? That zone of yeah. genius that each of Tapping us has. Into. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I just, I like that. I like the model, but boy, I wanted to give up many times. Trust me. <laughs> trust me. Like we're looking at like a good, a good period for us and, and the work, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. but oh, it's been really hard over many years just to grow a business in the DEI space. Yes. Really so hard. Jennifer, you mentioned a really important thing of, <clears throat> you know, you were definitely pulling in and tapping in and and bringing in the subject matter expertise. But in that same vein, you did something very important where you yourself identified your own voice, your own perspective, your own unique value proposition in terms of your own personal brand, and somewhat making sure that you were, you know, standing up, standing out on your own. Mm. I find that really powerful because the women that we take through our program, you know, we get, we find these women a lot of the times will kind of step out of the limelight and give everybody else the credit and not do a little bit of that self-promotion or not really be able to articulate their own unique value proposition mm. or they don't do it well. Um, what was the key for you in terms of really kind of finding that perspective, your own perspective and making sure that, you know, you were also developing your own brand, but then tapping and creating a platform for everybody else to do that as well. Oh my gosh. What a question. Yeah. I agree with you. It's, it's harder for some of us who are underrepresented, Mm -hmm. right. Or minoritized Mm -hmm. as, as Dax Mm -hmm. Devlin Ross says on my team, um, who's an incredible writer, uh, to to step forward to own your power mm-hmm. yes and then to um yeah i mean i think i was so i think i was very fueled by the 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 lgbtq advocacy work community is so mm-hmm. courageous yes and witnessing that courage and then saying to myself that's that could be me that is me mm-hmm. too. Like I'm, I have this like army around me. And like, so remembering mm-hmm. that, remembering that you're part of this, like this wave, you know, and yes. you are, it's behind you, it's around you. There are other storytellers, other advocates, but I always 
tapped into others to feel my own strength and to say, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in this community. I'm a part of this. Like I'm, yes. I'm the fuel that, that, and, and believing in the message, not just me, but the message, like I just mm-hmm. am a delivery mechanism for the message. Yeah. You know, um, I'm, you know, as a musician and you too, like we're an instrument. Mm-hmm. And so playing my instrument mm-hmm. as beautifully as I can, you know, <laughs> and, and learning that and mastering that instrument, you know, understanding every single piece of it and how it resonates most. Mm-hmm. Each mm-hmm. instrument is different. Each violin is made by a different violin maker and has mm-hmm. a different sweet spot. Right. And so the shape of my instrument, as I would come to understand it is is that, you know, I was born the way I was into the kind of family I was exposed Mm -hmm. to certain things. Um, I have a color of skin that I have, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I have the sexual orientation, but the gender presentation that I have, like starting to really look at these things and and locate myself in a system where we need more more and more different kinds of change voices. Like Mm -hmm. every system needs to change, right? But we all have a different way, a different lens on the change that needs to happen. And then we have a different way in Yes, the ways in that I would come to discover come from my identity, come from my personality too. Like mm-hmm. it's not just identity and diversity. It's a diversity of personality. And, you know, I'm, 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 I'm extroverted, you know, yeah. so things mm-hmm. will, some of those things will be very easy for me. Like I have the mm-hmm. stamina of an extrovert, which means I can just go, go, go for hours right. and hours <laughs> and hours, much to the chagrin of my partner, who's like mm-hmm. deeply introverted. And I can't even take to things before she's like looking at her watch and is like, yeah. can we like, go now? Can we go you know, now? I'm yeah. there until the lights come on. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so I think these are some of these things are tailwinds then that I think we can identify and say, like the time is now for someone who looks at a problem the way that I do. Mm-hmm. And that there are some in the audience who really need to hear me in particular kind mm-hmm. of decode right. this moment. Mm-hmm. And they need to see someone that looks like me or identifies like me parsing through like mm-hmm. what this means, because maybe they see themselves in me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so, so I, I've kind of, I've heard that so many times. I think you have to really pay attention to what you're told. Mm-hmm. You need to listen yeah. and people will tell you what your brand is. People will tell you where you resonate. Like it's right, right. there. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's not, maybe you're not paying attention. Um, yes. if you're not, maybe you're not putting yourself out there. Maybe you're not asking and saying, yeah. so what is my unique angle? Like what, when mm-hmm. I say all these things that I say, you got to put yourself out there so that you can be mm-hmm. heard. But then asking for that feedback to say, like, what's resonating most? Like, where do you really feel you have an aha moment from me and what I'm speaking into the mm-hmm. world or yeah. what I represent? And, you know, by the way, that work continues for me. I mean, it, yes. it never ends. And mm-hmm. I think it, it continues to evolve. Mm-hmm. And lately, I have really, really, I mean, I began to embrace the whiteness conversation. Yes probably six, seven, eight years ago, but I felt, you know, I was, my friend, uh, Janet Wakefield invited me into the multicultural women's forum Mm -hmm. and I was leading the whiteness breakout. Right. (laughs) And I remember, this is about eight or nine years ago. Uh And I thought to myself, what do I know about this? Like, I don't know what I, and Mm -hmm. I called on my facilitation skills, right? Don't need to be an expert. Just need to hold the space and, you know, make Mm -hmm. sure I'm following the agenda that was given me and whatever. Yeah. And it's funny, I would, I still wouldn't call myself an expert, but certainly the reckoning, uh, particularly of the last 
like three or four years mm-hmm. of um, speaking that, speaking about it, um, mm-hmm. you know, teaching through sharing my own journey uh, transparently and being vulnerable around like the things that I don't know, the things that I feel horrible about, the, the mm-hmm. way that I cope with guilt and shame and regret um, and having my eyes open to really painful stuff. And, mm. you know, um, I, I, I think that's my next that is now a big part of my work, yes. which is interesting because I thought my work was LGBTQ equality right. mm-hmm. so long and, and female stuff, mm-hmm. like very mm-hmm. much, you know, you know, giving voice to myself and people that identify the way that I did in those respects. Right. But I think we also have to just allow, like be listening very closely and be able, be willing to be shaped by the moment. You know, what is the moment need of us? And then when can Mm -hmm. we reach inside ourselves and say, what in me can meet this Mm -hmm. moment and somehow create, can somehow illuminate something that is in the dark, Mm. you know? And um, so I think I'm illuminating. I I think I'm, you know, I'm, and I'm illuminating it for myself. So I would never... That whole expert word is really interesting or like thought leader, like sometimes mm-hmm. people respond badly to that. Yeah. And I would, I would caution everybody listening to this, like, don't be afraid of these terms. <laughs> mm, yes. <laughs> because so some powerful. of us are yes. socialized to say, <laughs> I can't say that about myself. Like, I can't mm-hmm. own that. And we, more of us, and I'll say us, and let me put mm-hmm. myself in the minoritized communities. Yes our underrepresented communities, like we have to, st- I'm so tired of seeing so many leadership books written by white men. Like I, yes, I, I, I just, it's not okay. And I, some of us need to break through. Many of us need to break through and mm-hmm. we need to push. We need to claim it. We need to say, here's what I am in the conversation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Here's the role I'm playing. Here's, um, I've worked really hard to, we've probably all worked double hard and some of us triple hard Mm -hmm. to even be, be called these things. And, but we need more of us out front, public, Mm -hmm. uh, strong writing, speaking, um, you know, getting our thought leadership into the hands and Mm -hmm. the hearts of so many people. And so every, almost every person I talk to, I'm like, have you written your book? Have you, do you have a TED talk? (laughs) Have you you told your story? Have you written Mm -hmm. your memoir? Whatever, you know, whatever it is, but we have to stand up and be counted. And um, I guess from a very early age, I always, this performer in me was never afraid Mm -hmm. to be like thrown on stage sometimes without a plan. Yes. Just, and I, that's why I'm so grateful for music because it, it, it equipped me to be fearless. Mm. And um, I'm so fortunate that I have that advantage, but I, I guess I just want to say like, without that performance background, like channel that, like just mm-hmm. really imagine that you belong on that stage. People want to know what you have to say. You can change the world with your story. Don't mm-hmm. feel ever too small you know, Mm -hmm. to do that and um, lean on your community of identities, plural, to Mm -hmm. boost you up, to reassure you that your voice could lead a change. And yes, and I just wish I could kind of bottle that and like, you know, because I know it's true. So, but some people Mm -hmm. just have to have faith, like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) gotta believe, you know, because the world lacks our voices and our stories Mm -hmm. right now. And we've Mm -hmm. got like the, the bookshelf needs to change and it's changing. 
mm-hmm. it's changing for sure. Um, I mean, the number of women of color authors in the last couple of years is staggering. Yes. Even though the publishing companies that are publishing us don't have not really changed all that much. The authors mm-hmm. at least have changed and the stories they're talking about are changing and the truth that we're telling is so real, like more mm-hmm. honest than it's ever been. And I think we're seeing more white male leaders even slowly, but surely kind of coming forward and sharing what their growth journey has been like. Yes. too. And we need way more of that. Like mm-hmm. if I could say one thing I want to see in here is people that share my skin color mm. yes. speaking about their journey. Of, of reckoning with, you know, mm-hmm. how was I born? Who was I born to and alongside and into? Yes. And what am I doing in this world to make it better using what I have access yes. to? Um, that's what I really would like to see a lot more of. And specifically, you know, cisgender men. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, that's what I would really <laughs> like to see. Uh, but you know what? I uh, that's gonna that's 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 ten years from now. I, I think that's mm-hmm. in its infancy. Um, but there are books being written. There are people yeah. speaking out. I'm going to the Better Man mm-hmm. Conference. Yes, you know, very oh, yes. soon. And that's <clears throat> and like that movement. Oh, yeah, it's so great. It's yeah, just, it's a uh, next next level. What if you knew exactly where to focus to go further faster? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers and the ability to take action and gain unstoppable momentum to deliver results and advance. Take the Beyond Barriers Momentum Metric Quiz to get a personalized report on the five C's, core categories used to measure and accelerate success. Visit gobeyondbarriers.com slash quiz to get your report today. You know, and what you mentioned, you know, which is really powerful in terms of, you know, wanting to see that change and, and you're, you're helping it by, you know, even in your books, like even, even just the titles itself, like makes you want to pick up the book in terms of like how to be an inclusive leader, right? Your role in creating, yes. you know, cultures of belonging where <laughs> everyone can thrive, right? It's like everybody has a job. It's not the HR leader, it's not the the CDO, it's not the, you know, the the diversity person in the organization. It's your job. It's everybody's job. And if we start creating these, you know, if you take it upon yourself and you hold yourself accountable to create the microculture of even just your small team, and all of these leaders are starting to create these microcultures, then the macroculture becomes, you know, inclusive by default. And I think it's phenomenal. Um, talk a little bit about that in terms of, you know, um, how, you know, leveraging or kind of help getting creating a community of inclusion, like helping, you know, helping to do that. Talk a little bit about that. What was the goal of your kind of uh, your, your book and the, and the second book? Like, what are you, what are you trying to do? Mm. What's that message you're trying to spread? Yeah. There's a core model in the book. Mm -hmm. It's a four stage learning Mm -hmm. journey, growth model or a maturity model. There's a lot of words for it, but it's, it sort of charts Mm -hmm. our progression. And it allows us to find ourselves uh, in change. Yeah. You know, going from unaware to aware to active to advocate. And Mm -hmm. I named those four stages. I I remember sort of it was a back of the napkin moment. I just was Mm -hmm. trying to kind of build a slide at one moment when I was like, you know, it kind of goes from this and then it changes to this and then it becomes this. And and it's neat because over the last four years since the first edition and now the second edition coming out, um, I've. I've taught it now hundreds mm-hmm. of times in in the pandemic years now, right? Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. heard 
what how this resonates and and what it means to people and and sort of added so much context around each one of the phases. Mm-hmm. So it's become, if anything, more true. Like more, yeah. I think. I dare I say, I'm I'm gonna have like an ego moment here. I'm hoping yeah. it's ti- I'm hoping it's timeless. Like I'm hoping mm. when I think about the the gurus of leadership models that mm-hmm. really stand the test of time, many of them were created by men. <laughs> um, but like Elizabeth Kubler Ross, like the yes. five stages of grief, like yes. classic. Like things that I've come back to again and again to kind of hook my human experience onto them and mm-hmm. really feel, wow, like this speaks to me. And, yes. and even as you get older and change, it still speaks to you. You mm-hmm. came back and you see something new in it. I hope I wanted to revisit that model. I wanted mm-hmm. to add into the second edition all the lessons and insights that I've gathered as people mm-hmm. have wrestled with it and used it and reflected on it and yes. grown from it. Right. So, we wanted um, updating that with the help of my wonderful team and we kind of co-wrote it. You know, we all kind of pitched in on it, but mm-hmm. it's, um, I'm just so happy that it's continuing to resonate. And if anything, the book was ahead of its time um, in 2019 yes. or we wrote it in 2018, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. way before all of this. Uh, <laughs> all of it happened, now, yes. Yeah. So I think too, uh, for those of you who are writers who are listening to this and, or wondering if you have a book in you, mm-hmm. um, it's really neat to create a, a model for understanding, you know, it might be something neat to, um, to play mm-hmm. with. Um, and then revisiting it and continuing to update it and write about how it's being applied differently in the context of our times, mm-hmm. because now, now we are ready to change. Like the will to change, as you were talking about, which is right. the name of my podcast has mm-hmm. fundamentally changed. I think, mm-hmm. um, for some of us, not for all of us, right. <laughs> not fast <laughs> enough for sure. Um, and, and yes, are we seeing a retrenchment in 2022 vis-a-vis the goals, the, the bold goals that were set in 2020? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think many hearts have been awakened. I think mm-hmm. many people have began to work, look critically at what am I doing? What am I not doing? Where am I staying silent? Am I proud of my legacy as a, mm-hmm. and as a leader, as a parent? Like, who do I want to be to other people and in right. community? And mm-hmm. um, so I think, I think updating it is only going to draw more people to it, you know, because mm-hmm. now it's got this model that was really popular, but it's got the context is so timely yes. and updated. So um, anyway, I, I was just, I would recommend it. It was hard to rewrite a book and mm-hmm. keep it short. Um, we had to get a, rid of a lot of original stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, you know, it was such a personal book to me mm-hmm. because I basically feel like I'm writing it for myself. I mean, so that mm-hmm. I can understand my own journey. And then if it's helpful to a reader, that's sort of a bonus, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of us write our own books to figure out our own story. And that is completely okay, you know, actually, mm-hmm. because in making our, by the ins and outs of our questioning of ourselves and our interrogations mm-hmm. and not having the answers, that makes for a very powerful book too. So yeah. I would also encourage anyone listening to this. It's not like you have to have everything like wrapped up in a nice little package. You won't, it's just, it's impossible. And I think leadership now more than ever is asking the right questions, is holding the space, mm-hmm. is showing up authentically without, you know, uh, in the messy, the messy middle of Mm -hmm. your becoming. And 
those are beautiful books to read. And I'm tired of reading the books with the prescriptive, you know, answers because yes. like that is not realistic in these times. Like yeah. there are no, we are in like really new territory and anybody mm-hmm. that says that they have answers the answers or like the, re- the recipe, it's like, no, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> we not. are all in, in new, in the new world and we're all figuring it out together and we're only going to figure it out together. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Like, I don't love this guru thing. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't listen to any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, people ask me sort of who, who are your mentor gurus or whatever. And I'm like, I just don't even, I think we're each of us has the wisdom and our job is to bring that out and to share it with the world. Yeah. And, you know, I will tell you that I do feel like, and I don't know, and you've probably heard it before, but I do think that the model that you presented that continuum of like from awareness to advocacy is a powerful one. And one that I'm constantly revi- revisiting myself in various different dimensions of diversity, right? Because like you, you know, um, I'm a woman, I'm, you know, LGBTQ, I'm Latina, but then also wearing that hat of a DEI expert or thought leader, there's always a different, you know, there's always a dimension of diversity that you're like, you know what, I, I can't speak to that. So like, where am I on this continuum? And how do I make sure that I am gaining the awareness and really being able to understand and hold space and then become an advocate in that way? Um, and so it is a powerful model. And I think I'm so excited with, you know, the, the second edition in terms of being able to contextualize that because the contextualization is like you said, it helps individuals or adults anchor like, oh, like this makes total sense, you know, or it it connects the dots. And so I'm constantly revisiting that. I've used it time and time again, even in sessions or conversations that I'm having with individuals, I go back to your model of being able to like, it it really did kind of like spark kind of like the light bulb moment. Right. And and then going back and saying, okay, like up here, like, you know, I realize I don't know what I don't know. Let me think about myself, you know, and look at this model and carry myself, whatever dimension that is. And like, you know, and, and it's, it's, you know, it's changing, it's evolving, we're learning more. And, you know, people, even just in, you know, Hispanic Heritage Month and everybody's wanting to understand, like, help me understand, you know, Hispanic, Latino, Latinx, (laughs) Latine, like, what does all of this mean? And having to even me step back and saying, okay, let me really just start for myself creating the awareness around Latinx and why Latinx and now Latine and why, you know, and so... I really do always go back to that. And so I think it's phenomenal to to know that, you know, you were thinking on the back of a napkin, like, how does that happen? But it really did help. It helps everybody really kind of understand their journey or their, their, you know, their understanding or how do I do this? Mm. It just, it's a continuum and it helps you kind of like, I need to go from here to here and, you know, you can measure it. And it's almost kind of like that little like yardstick for yourself of Mm -hmm. like, okay, I need to check myself. I hope so. I hope because people, the question now is how do I know where I am and where I need to go and what the next step mm-hmm. is? Yeah. And I love that you just said I can be all these things, but then I'm a, I'm a beginner in terms mm-hmm. of my understanding of these identities. Yes. And there's no audience that I ever talk to that that doesn't, that's not true for. So mm-hmm. the humility of looking at ourselves and saying there's so much 
I'm not exposed to, that I don't have mm-hmm. any familiarity with. And mm-hmm. even within my own culture, if I have to yes. step forward and talk about, I mean, for me, gender identities, right? I, yes. I do my best as a mm-hmm. cisgender woman. I really feel very called in my allyship mm-hmm. to my trans and gender non-binary yeah. loved ones and friends, you know, and it's funny, the allyship within the community, mm-hmm. like what are the voices and stories that are not elevated? Why is mine elevated so easy to elevate? You yes. know, why am I the one that's invited? Mm-hmm. And then looking critically at that and saying, let me seed this, my platform too, or let me share this spot or let me decenter so that I can make sure another voice is heard because you've heard enough from people that identify as I do. Mm-hmm. And I want to move into the audience and learn. I want to be a learner, but mm-hmm. even about our own identities, we need to do this. Like, yes. And, th- and then there's other others who are very like closeted about a lot of these identities in them, mm-hmm. I think too. Yeah. So I think there's also an awakening that I see happen in my audiences sometimes where, you know, an African-American cisgender man will say, mm-hmm. I have really, really been hiding out. I've been covering. I've been mm-hmm. like not leading. Yes. I don't talk about this. I don't talk about that. I don't, or I'm a queer uh, person of color. And like, mm-hmm. so I'm sort of constantly kind of bargaining and, you know, making these decisions. And what you've made me think about is like, wait a second, am I doing everything I should be and that I can be doing? And then yes. I get to do using all of who I am? Am I living in sort of this other narrative that's not serving me anymore? Mm-hmm. And then am I stepping into the need that others have to see me, see mm-hmm. me lead yeah. in all, using all of my identities, celebrating all of my identities? Yes. Because we all have been, as you know, kind of like cutting off parts of who we are and we've gotten good at yes. that. And that's how we've survived. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <clears throat> and there's danger in that. And so yeah. I'm always, you know, coaching and teaching around, listen, there's acculturation and assimilation and assimilation is dangerous. Mm. And the whole idea around learning to be multicultural, bicultural, you know, and understanding that every organization you go to, I've worked at many different organizations and everyone has their own culture and I've got to learn how to be bicultural in that organization, but I don't want to assimilate to where I lose myself Mm. and knowing where that line is. And it's really dangerous and it's hard. Um, And we do cover and we start covering. And the more you cover, the more you kind of check something at the door you lose who you are. And then you look up one day and you're like, I'm miserable here. Like why? And so I think it's so powerful. And I love what you just said about being able to celebrate every dimension of yourself, but also understand that maybe sometimes you don't know, like you need to unpack that. Right. (laughs) And you need to level that, you know, look at the model that you've shared and saying, where am I? And how can I start being an advocate in that space too? Not just for me, but for others who resonate with me. Um, So I think it's so powerful. I love Mm -hmm. it. I could talk to you for hours and hours, but but I know that that we've got to wrap it up. So I'm going to jump to our lightning uh, questions because I think we're going to have some fun with this first question. Um, But uh, my first question that we always ask our guests are, what book has greatly influenced you? Oh my goodness. I'm I'm going to go way back. So we we mm-hmm. talked a lot about facilitation and mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking about grad school, actually. Uh, there's a book called Flawless Consulting that I really loved. Mm-hmm. What it did, it's by Peter Block. And what it did, he's still alive and has a does has a team, I think, and is, I've never met him. But I, I just read a couple pages and I was like, oh, I mm-hmm. my expertise 
can be what I have to give, like what I can build a business around. And it Mm -hmm. doesn't need to be baked. It doesn't, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's what happens between two people. It's, it's what is created out of nothing Mm -hmm. when you can help facilitate, you know, a a journey to a goal. And Mm -hmm. um, so flawless consulting gave me permission to show up without a lot of, I think, established mm-hmm. expertise yeah. and still begin to work with clients. And it was just such a gift. I mean, I, I don't know why it was such an aha, but it's just not the way the world kind of tells you you need to show up and start. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you start by asking the right questions and holding space for somebody to go on their own journey, it's incredibly valuable to other people. And um, it, will, it will fuel what you're trying to create. And then you have to, of course, build the, the business around it. But but just the permission, I think that's very powerful for a lot of us who may not have the traditional background or mm. may not have all the privilege of certain whatever degrees, expertise, whatever. It's like, it, and, and now more than ever, our lived experience is that well that we draw on to put our offering mm. into the world. So, you know, in a way for a white guy to write that, I don't think he even understood <laughs> what, what, that, yeah. what that means for a lot of mm-hmm. us, but like, you know, it, this is a way to think about ourselves and our value in mm. a non-traditional way, but understand that it has value. I love that. I'm going to have to look that one up mm. for sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> second question is, what is your favorite inspiring quote or saying? Oh, uh, let me answer as a business owner, since we've been talking about that Mm -hmm. today so much, um, (laughs) say yes and go figure out how, (laughs) (laughs) go figure out. Yes. I love, I love that. I just, I, um, one of my friends told me that and she, she was a shameless salesperson, um, right. Like Mm -hmm. would ask somebody for anything. Right. And, um, I I needed to hear that too, because again, speaking of permission, that's like, you have the resources. Again, mm-hmm. it's not down to you. We, you and I have been talking about you're not alone. You're not alone doing this work. Yeah. You are the, you, you have the strength of a community of knowledge that you can mm-hmm. draw on. And, um, but saying yes, it's like, yes, I'll figure that out. Yes, I can help you with that. Yes. Yes. Let me try. Like, yes, let me look for that and get back to mm-hmm. you. Um, you just never know where that's going to lead. Uh, you may discover a whole yeah. like passion that you didn't even, think would resonate or something that ends up being, you know, a, a product or a, a service or a, a piece of thought leadership. Yes. So anyway, I think that was um, very important as I was starting out because there wasn't a lot of DNI paid DNI work to go around. So mm-hmm. you had to say yes. And mm-hmm. you had to go out and figure out how to build it. And I didn't right. know what I, I didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> but I was like, I think I can somehow figure this out and, and do a decent job, but mm-hmm. most importantly, sort of add this to my library and my of mm-hmm. learning and do it better next time. And, you know, that's how you start. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love that one. So um, what is one word or moniker that you would use to describe yourself? Mm, I'd say light, I'd say light and illuminating. Light and illuminating. Um, I love that. It, it totally fits. Visible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm, good stuff. <laughs> yes. What is one change, habit, behavior, action that you implemented that made your life better? Uh, digging deep to build my team. Mm. You know, I yes. think a lot of us stay solo, but I could never do this all alone. 
like mm-hmm. not just logistically, yeah. but even yeah. just spiritually speaking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So but uh, leveraging, yeah. Le- like you said, leveraging the superpowers of others and bringing yeah. it all together. Just is like the compounding effect is phenomenal. The lifesaver. Um, yes. And the stamina you need and the way that you can lean on each other, mm-hmm. particularly if you're doing hard work in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, um, some of us are okay solo, but but, that wasn't but you don't have to do it alone. And that, I think that's the biggest <laughs> mistake most of us make is that we have this thing that we feel like we have to do it alone. And uh, you don't, you don't, uh, you don't reach as much, many people. You can't scale. You can't scale that's by yourself. And so, Very so hard. yeah. So this is my favorite. So, um, you know, being the performer you are and you're walking out onto stage, what's, what power song would you want playing in the background as you walk out onto that stage? Um, I always choose, um, I love Jill Scott. Yeah. <laughs> so she has this song called, um, golden. Yes. And it's this celebration song and she's just living. She says, I'm living my life. Like it's golden and it's beautiful. And I feel so fortunate to be in where I'm at, um, through much, 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 much hard work, heartache, mm-hmm. financial stress. Um, but the, that just standing in the light, you know, and mm. feeling that and, and yeah. asking in it, like uh, she it's just has just, so much joy in that song. Yes. I love it. And it's just such a great groove too. I just, I love all of I her I love stuff. it. Oh. Well, we'll, we'll be making a playlist of oh. all of our podcast guests, uh, you. Um, you know, songs. And so definitely that one will be one that I think we will all be able to bask in mm. the golden light. So I love Good it. Stuff. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer. And I know that I'm going to have lots of people reaching out um, because it's definitely going to be one of those those podcasts where people just feel it and get motivated. And but share, you know, how do they learn more? How do they follow you? The new the new book, the second edition of the book. Like, where do we find it? How do we follow you? How do we continue to hear more? You know, of these amazing nuggets of um, just you know becoming more aware and self-discovery. Thank you. Thank you so much. And everybody, I encourage you to just jump on and into our communities and, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, get on our mailing list. So you can go to Jennifer Brown Consulting and um, you can see that amazing team that we've talked a lot about today. Mm -hmm. And then I have another website, Jennifer Brown Speaks, which is more focused on books and speaking. Mm -hmm. So you can see some of the video. Uh, We did a little mini documentary recently about Mm -hmm. my life and my journey. Um, so if you want to dig in more into that, that's on there. And then the books are, are um, as usual, on Big Bad Amazon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, but check me out as an author. I have actually four books now. Mm-hmm. Um, the one before the second edition was called Beyond Diversity with mm-hmm. Rohit uh, Bargava. And um, great book. Very accessible. Mm-hmm. Not all oh, about yeah. leadership. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good one, right? That, that's a good one for anybody. Yes. Like, I mean, just individuals who, you know, aren't really in the DEI space trying to learn, teach or whatever. I mean, anybody um, can can re- read that book. I, I yeah. think it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I think so too. That was our goal. So that book is a, I call a general audience book. Mm-hmm. And then my other books tend to be leadership books, really. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so podcast is called The Will to Change. Please give mm-hmm. a listen. And then um, um, send us feedback at info at jenniferbrownconsulting.com if you have ideas and or opportunities for us to speak 
or to be involved with organizations. And we do DEI consulting. Our, our consulting and training work is really incredible. So mm-hmm. that side of JVC, I'm not sure a lot of people know about it because they see me, mm-hmm. but um, really the bulk of what we do is help organizations get their, get their ducks in a row, begin their mm-hmm. journey, enhance and accelerate their journey and have the structural pieces in place so that they can make sure they're, they're walking the talk that they have the, um, the, the sort of goals set for success and they're working towards those. And so that's mm-hmm. a whole kind of system that we, we, um, partner on with them. And that's how awesome. we create sustainable change. Yes. So I'm super proud of that side of the house, so to speak. So that's Jennifer Brown consulting and, um, and then all the socials at Jennifer Brown on Twitter, <laughs> at Jennifer Brown speaks on Instagram. Uh, you all probably can find me pretty easily, you know, just to put my name in and then put, mm-hmm. you know, anything DEI related and I'll probably come up, <laughs> but um, it's a lot, but uh, people like, I think gobble up everything we put out. Yes. So we just keep putting it out, you know, because um, people are hungry to um, have resources to lean on. And we certainly mm-hmm. continue to give pour a lot into the space. So please join us. Yes. Well, thank you so much for all the work that you do. I know I personally have leaned um, on that or I will immediately kind of like open up books that are like dog-eared and like, you know, post-it notes everywhere. Um, So the work that you've done, that you've put out there is certainly being leveraged by, I would say, so many people, self-included. And thank you so much for all of that work. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend, or share what you've learned on LinkedIn and tag us. We love hearing from our audience. Visit us at gobeyondbarriers.com, where you can subscribe and find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests.